welcome to another episode of Sleep Whispers. I'm Harris, and this is my curious little podcast of whispered ramblings and whispered Episode number 186, and specifically, it's a Whisperpedia episode about animals that can live at a high altitude. If you're a new listener, then welcome to my little world of whispers. Each week, I rotate through one of six types of episodes calm those overactive squirrels in your brain. These include story time episodes, trivia time episodes, chat episodes, badge episodes, fade out episodes, and tonight you'll hear a Whisperpedia episode, which means I've selected an interesting Wikipedia article to read to you, and it is usually about some aspect of science, history, pop culture, mythology, or the animal kingdom. In addition to this Whisper podcast, I've also created one-hour and eight-hour-long episodes of Nature Sounds, like the sounds of raindrops, ocean waves, and birds in a forest, as well as background noises, like the sounds of ceiling fans and white noise. So if you're interested in more whisper episodes like this one, or my nature sounds, or my background noises, show notes, or visit my website at sleepwhispers.com. Alright, why did I choose animals living at a high altitude for tonight's Whisperpedia? Well, the inspiration came from several listeners. Mostly, it came from Josh and Steph. They live at 10,000 feet in the Rocky Mountains, and they requested a Whisperpedia about the unique physiological impacts of high-altitude environments. And, of course, I'm a physiologist, so they knew I'd love that, and I did. At first, I was just going to focus on human adaptations to high altitudes. But there was an older request from Katie Bird, who had requested more Whisperpedia episodes about animals. So 
I thought, well, why not do humans and animals and our humans and other animals and how they adapt to high altitudes. And when I looked through that Wikipedia page, it looked very interesting. And this is also a lot of nitty-gritty science, including some cell biology. And I think that Sam will like this also then, because she had requested somewhat recently if I could do an episode with more science in it. And she had remarked how she likes when I talk about cells. So, I hope this episode is an interesting one for a lot of these different reasons. Here are some key interesting things that you'll hear about in this episode. How has the biology of some human populations adapted for living at high altitudes? What are the highest dwelling domesticated animals? Do mice live at high altitudes? And I'll spoil it for you. Yes. And what you'll learn about is what is special about their hemoglobin that allows them to live at high altitudes. There are also some insects and you'll learn which specific insect has achieved the highest altitude. And there are some spiders. And you'll learn how spiders get to the tops of mountains and how they get their food, which I thought was very interesting. There are also fleas, in particular snow fleas, mountains, and you'll learn what keeps their blood from freezing. There are also fish, and I'll tell you what species of fish. And there are even some plants at high altitudes, and I'll share the challenges that plants have, and you'll learn common group of plants that can't grow and don't grow at high altitudes. And I'll finish with the name of the highest flowering plant in the world and the overall highest growing plant in the world, which is found on Mount Everest. Of course, Okay, let's begin tonight's Whisperpedia. The following are select sections from the Wikipedia article titled Organisms at High Altitude. I'll begin with an overview. Organisms can live at high altitude either on land, in water, or while flying. 
increase temperature make life at such altitudes challenging, though many species have been successfully adapted by considerable physiological changes, as opposed to short-term changes. High-altitude adaptation means irreversible, evolved physiological responses to high-altitude environments associated with heritable behavioral and genetic changes. Among animals, only few mammals, such as the yak, Tibetan gazelle, llamas, mountain goats, and others, and certain birds are known to have completely adapted to high-altitude environments. Human populations, such as some Tibetans, South Americans, and Ethiopians, live in the otherwise uninhabitable high mountains of the Himalayas, Andes, and Ethiopian islands, respectively. This first section is going to focus on human adaptations. Over 140 million people live permanently at high altitudes, which is considered greater than 2,500 meters in North, Central, and South America, as well as East Africa and Asia. They have flourished for millennia in the exceptionally high mountains without any apparent complications. For average human populations, a brief stay at these places can risk mountain sickness. For the native islanders, though, there are no negative effects to staying at high altitude. The physiological and genetic changes in native islanders involve modification in the oxygen transport system of the blood, especially molecular changes in the structure and functions of hemoglobin, a protein that's used to carry oxygen in the body. This is to compensate for the low oxygen environment. This adaptation is associated with development patterns such as high birth weight, increased lung volumes, increased breathing, and higher resting metabolism. The genome of Tibetans provided the first clue the molecular evolution of high-altitude adaptation in 2010. Several genes are found to have significant molecular changes among the Tibetans, and these genes are involved in hemoglobin production. These genes function with transcription factors such as hypoxia-inducible factors 
are central mediators of red blood cell production in response to oxygen metabolism. In contrast, the Indians do not have significant associations between genes and hemoglobin concentrations which benefited Tibetans, indicating variation in the pattern of molecular adaptation. The adaptive mechanism is also different among the Ethiopian islanders. Genomic analysis of two ethnic groups of Ethiopian islanders reveals that gene variations associated with hemoglobin differences among Tibetans do not influence the adaptation in Ethiopians. Instead, there are other genes that appear to be involved in Ethiopians. The next section is about invertebrates which live at high altitudes, such as insects and other small creatures. The section begins with talking about these small invertebrates called tardigrades, but it doesn't provide a lot of information about what a tardigrade is. So here's a little side note. Tardigrades are also known as water bears or moss piglets. They're about half a millimeter in length. And you might have heard of these very small creatures before because they were the first animals to survive in space. Alright, back to the article. Tardigrades live over the entire world, including the high Himalayas. Tardigrades are also able to survive temperatures of close to absolute zero. Temperatures as high as 151 Celsius or 304 degrees Fahrenheit. They can also survive radiation that would kill other animals. And they can also live almost a decade without water. Tardigrades have also returned alive from studies in which they've been exposed to the vacuum of outer space in low Earth orbit. Other invertebrates with high altitude habitats are a spider that lives in the Himalaya range at altitudes of up to 6,700 meters or 22,000 feet. It feeds on stray insects that are blown up the mountain by the wind. There are also insects called snow fleas, which live in the Himalayas. They are active in the dead of winter because its blood contains a compound similar to antifreeze. 
some of these allow themselves to become dehydrated instead, preventing the formation of ice crystals within their body. In 2008, a colony of bumblebees was discovered on Mount Everest at more than 5,600 meters or 18,400 feet above sea level, the highest known altitude for an insect. In subsequent tests, some of the bees were still able to fly in a flight chamber which recreated the thinner air of 9,000 meters or 30,000 feet. Ballooning is the term that describes how spiders can disperse through the air. They emit some strands of silk which are caught by winds. Some spiders have been detected in atmospheric data balloons collecting air samples at slightly less than 5 kilometers or 16,000 feet above sea level. Ballooning is the most common way for spiders to pioneer isolated islands and mountain tops. The next sections will cover fish and mammals. Fish at high altitudes have a lower metabolic rate, as has been shown by Highland West Slope cutthroat trout when compared to introduced lowland rainbow trout. There is also a general trend of smaller body sizes and lower species richness at high altitudes observed in aquatic invertebrates, likely due to lower oxygen partial pressures. These factors may decrease productivity in high-altitude habitats, meaning there will be less energy available for consumption, growth, and activity, which provides an advantage to fish with lower metabolic demands. The naked carp can use the process called gill remodeling to increase oxygen uptake in low oxygen environments. Mammals are also known to reside at high altitude and exhibit a striking number of adaptations in terms of morphology, physiology, and behavior. The Tibetan Plateau has very few mammalian species, including wolf, Tibetan wild ass, Tibetan antelope, wild yak, snow leopard, Tibetan sandbox, gazelle, Himalayan brown bear, and water buffalo. These mammals can be broadly categorized based on their adaptability in high altitude into two broad groups. Those that can survive a wide range of high altitude regions are called yuri bark and include 
Zodiac, Tibetan Gazelle, and Llamas. Stenobark animals are those with lesser ability to endure a range of differences in altitude. These include rabbits, mountain goats, sheep, and cats. Among domesticated animals, yaks are perhaps the highest dwelling animals. A number of rodents live at high altitudes, including deer mice, guinea pigs, and rats. Several mechanisms help them survive these harsh conditions, including altered genetics of the hemoglobin genes in guinea pigs and deer mice. Deer mice use a high percentage of fats as metabolic fuel to retain carbohydrates for small bursts of energy. Other changes that occur in rodents at high altitude include increased breathing rate and altered shape of the lungs and heart, which allow for more efficient gas exchange and delivery. Lungs of high-altitude mice are larger, with more capillaries, and their hearts have a heavier right ventricle, which pumps blood to the lungs. The deer mouse is the best studied species, other than humans, in terms of high-altitude adaptation. Measurement of food intake, cut mass, and cardiopulmonary organ mass indicated proportional increases in mice living at high altitudes, which in turn show that life at high altitudes demands higher levels of energy. Surprisingly, the deer mice native to Andes Islands are found to have relatively low hemoglobin content this is the protein that carries oxygen inside red blood cells. Instead, variations in the genes for the hemoglobin seem to be the basis for increased oxygen affinity of the hemoglobin and faster transport of oxygen. The Peruvian native species of mice have adapted to the high Andes by using more carbohydrates and have higher oxidative capacities of cardiac muscles compared to closely related low-altitude native species. This shows that island mice have evolved a metabolic process to economize oxygen usage for physical activities in the low oxygen conditions. The yak is the most important domesticated animal for some Tibetan islanders in China, as they are the primary source of milk, meat, and fertilizer. Unlike other yak or cattle species, 
which suffer from hypoxia in the Tibetan Plateau. The Tibetan domestic yaks thrive only at high altitude and not in lowlands. Their physiology is well adapted to high altitudes with proportionally larger lungs and heart than other cattle, as well as a greater capacity for transporting oxygen through their blood. In 2012, the complete genomic sequence of a female domestic yak was announced, providing important insights into adaptations at high altitude. For example, they found three genes that may play important roles in regulating the body's response to low oxygen, and five genes that were related to the optimization of the energy from the food scarcity in the extreme plateau. One gene, one gene in the Tibetan yak known to be involved in regulating response to low oxygen levels was also found in human Tibetan Islanders. The next section is about birds and other animals. Birds have been especially successful at living at high altitudes. In general, birds have physiological features that are advantageous for high altitude flight. The respiratory system of birds moves oxygen across the lung surface during both inhalation and exhalation, making it more efficient than that of mammals. Birds also have a high capacity for oxygen delivery to the tissues because they have larger hearts and cardiac stroke volume compared to mammals of similar body size. Additionally, they have more blood vessels in their flight muscles due to increased branching of the capillaries and small muscle fibers. These two features facilitate oxygen diffusion from the blood to muscle, allowing flight to be sustained during environmental hypoxia. Birds, hearts, and brains also have more blood vessels compared to those of mammals. The bar-headed goose is an iconic high flyer that surmounts the Himalayas during migration and serves as a model system for derived physiological adaptations for high-altitude flight. Some vultures, swans, and cranes all have flown more than 8 kilometers or 8,000 meters above sea level. Adaptations by birds to high altitude has fascinated ornithologists for decades, but only a small proportion of high altitude species 
have been studied. In Tibet, few birds are found, about 28 endemic species, including cranes, vultures, hawks, jays, and geese. In contrast, the Andes is quite rich in bird diversity. The Indian condor, the largest bird of its kind in the western hemisphere, occurs throughout much of the Andes, but generally in very low densities. Some species of geese, sandpiper plovers, and finches are also found in the highlands. Evidence for adaptation is best investigated among the Indian birds. The waterfowls and cinnamon teal are found to have undergone significant molecular modifications. Changes to the hemoglobin genes implies important functional consequences for oxygen affinity. In addition, there is strong divergence in body size in the Andes and adjacent lowlands. These changes have shaped distinct morphological and genetic divergence within South American cinnamon deal populations. Some species of Tibetan birds have also shown genetic changes related to cardiac function, adrenaline response, and steroid hormone production. Other animals that live at high altitudes in Tibet include the Himalayan jumping spider, some snakes, and some other reptiles and amphibians. This last section will be about plants. Many different plant species live in the high-altitude environment. These include perennial grasses, sedges, forbs, cushion plants, mosses, and lichens. High-altitude plants must adapt to the harsh conditions of the environment, which include low temperatures, dryness, ultraviolet radiation, and a short growing season. Trees cannot grow at high altitude because of cold temperature or lack of available moisture. The lack of trees causes an ecotone or boundary that is obvious to observers. This boundary is known as the tree line. The sandwort is the highest flowering plant in the world, occurring as high as 6,180 meters or 20,280 feet. And lastly, the highest altitude plant species is a moss that grows at 6,480 meters or 
like 